Today's story concerns adult subject matter for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, please skip this one and come back for another story another time. You're listening to The Ghost of Dog on The Voice of Dog, and tonight's story is the second and final part of Dancing on Devil's Night by Domus Vosis who spends his time reading bad fanfiction when he's not braving the Arctic winters of Wisconsin, and published his debut novel, The Adventures of Peter Gray, in 2018. You can also find more of his stories on Patreon. Read for you by Dirt Coyote from Twitter.com. It is worth asking, why do we try to scare ourselves? Why do we hold a festival to evoke the things we fear? Why are we telling ghost stories? One could argue that the whole point of the ghosts of the haunting is to give the young and adventurous a reason to go out to adventure, to discover fear, and by tracing its outline to discover bravery as well. To practice with fear, in circumstances of safety, so that when courage is really needed, it is ready to hand. Last time, Alex had just come out to his best friend Sid, not expecting the punk hyena to return those feelings in kind. Please enjoy Dancing on Devil's Night by Domus Vokis, part two of two. Holy fuck. Are you serious, Axel? As serious as I can be. The spotted hyena's eyes widened, dumbfounded as we sat cross-legged across from each other on the towel he'd laid out on the tiled flooring. Our bandanas were discarded to the side for now. We needed to see each other's faces after such bombshells of secrets. Really? You folks don't give a shit? They'd known about my homosexuality since Dad noticed me always discreetly looking at the men on TV, and Mom discovered a dirty magazine under my bed. It wasn't of women. I'd avoided the questions about why I didn't date or bring girls to the house long enough that it ate at me inside. We weren't as much of devoted Catholics as our neighborhood, but I still feared what I'd do once my folks kicked me out of the house. It all came ahead early in the summer. The same afternoon, I snuck into the adult store with a fake ID and nabbed an illustrated gay pulp novel. Mom walked in on me in the bathroom to catch me masturbating with one paw and holding the book in the other. She wondered what got me worked up and effortlessly snatched it away. I thought it'd be the end for me that night. Turned out, I didn't have to worry, though. Instead of a screaming match laced with hateful words and tears, Mom and Dad calmly told me they'd known for a while. They did not think I had a sinful lifestyle, nor a need to go to some conversion therapy camp out in the Michigan wilderness. They loved me. After all, the two grew up in Riviere during the counterculture movement and had friends deep enough in the closet to find Narnia. They only asked I be careful. My tail trembled on my shaking lap, like even it could hardly believe Sid happened to be gay too. And I don't do anything stupid. To be more specific, they only asked me several things to consider, that I be extremely careful over who I told Last thing we need is your grandparents leaving voice messages telling us to get an exorcism or something, that I stop buying gay pornography, 
We don't need Mara or Billy going around your room and finding any of that explicit shit. Capiche? That I avoided going to the parks or rest stops if I wanted to have a good time. If you can't hook up in a room you live in, then you don't hook up at all. To remember, I could always ask for lube or a condom. It's a privilege, not just a right. We'd tell you this, straight or gay. And to go to mom if I ever had any guy troubles, should the day ever arrive. Obviously, I could tell she had much more experience with gay best friends than dad ever did at university. Meanwhile, Sid suspected his doting mother knew, but dared not to tell his father. He couldn't risk being homeless before graduating, let alone having word spread around the neighborhood like wildfire. Guess I'm a bad influence, huh? He spoke up. Doing some stupid shit on Devil's Nights counts as doing stupid shit. You're not a bad influence, I insisted to the hyena. My parents love you. They don't consider you a bad influence, and neither do I. He smirked once again. You say as we trespass on a school night during tonight. Touche, I shrugged in slight defeat. I mean it, though. They love you, and I do too. Now you'd being gay, Axel, he cackled shortly and smiled back. Yeah, no, though, I think the same's for me. No homo. The gap lessened between us somehow, either due to my knees moving on their own or his doing the same, like magnets were pulling me closer to him. Yeah, no homo. Courage gave way to boldness. Kneeling on the towel in front of each other, our paws reached out and wandered. They felt muscles under layers of fabric we'd seen each other wear, but never without. At least outside of gym class. We eventually removed our jackets due to the rising heat. His paws awkwardly traced down the hem of my t-shirt, and I wordlessly raised my arms up so he could discard it beside us. My bare chest shivered in the mid-autumn air. A closed production plant did little to insulate from the cold outside. The chills dissipated, however, when Sid's paws roamed around my shoulders and pulled me to his own half-naked torso. Blushing and mindlessly curling my tail around him, we breathed each other's scents in, letting our fingers run through uncharted body fur and feel the territories neither of us ever explored before. Our chest, our enclosed backs, the strong shoulders he sported. At the same time, we were, or he was, doing everything to avoid something like... Sid? I ultimately asked. Can I... kiss you? Sid's arms grew rigid. I feared that my boldness brought us too far. Yet when I look up at him, into those beautiful nocturnal eyes of his, able to see me in the blackness, I knew. It did not stop him from trying to save face for a straight audience nowhere to be seen. You know, it ain't, it ain't gay unless you, unless you, he tried forming the words with some heavy breaths, eyes transfixated on mine. Yeah, oh, Axel, Alex. Fuck it. 
Our muzzles connected in an unexpected level of passion. We kissed in a way I never expected from Sid. His larger hyena tongue snaking inside my frozen maw and its warmth melting my jaws, causing me to moan as I kissed him back. He tasted the way I'd always envisioned he'd taste, a thin trace of cigarette below a wisp of Bomner beer, likely snatched from his old man before I came along. His saliva sweetened it to a tangy flavor which made me want more. It made me desire his tongue again and again and again and again until I gasped for air the moment we parted. Heh, <laughs> can't get enough of this, can you, Axel? He asked, to which I shook my flushing face. Well then, how'd you like to keep giving this gay shit a try? Breathlessly, I answered his question by literally throwing myself on top of him. The large hyena was caught off guard by it, as was I, until we were laughing and kissing again as we fondled in the dark. Our clothes shed like sheep wool until Sig guided his red boxers down and that red rocket found itself on the tip of my dark muzzle. Then... My tongue lapped up it, and I relished in the delicious musk seemingly enveloping our nostrils. Mmm, yeah, that's it, he repeated with a string of lustful curses and huffs, save for a hyena cackle suppressed into a groan. Oof, you're a natural, Axel. No, I wasn't. Never had I done this. The only experience I could get for gay oral involved the gay porno magazine I'd snuck into my bedroom, or the pulp novel I'd read halfway through. Oof. Oof. Ah. Oh. Shit. Fucking shit. He panted and arced his back, tickling my stomach with his tail wagging eagerly. It made my suckling efforts somewhat difficult, mostly for my own leaking cock. You... You ever done anything with anyone before? Reluctantly, I pulled off his member to say, No, not yet. Me neither, he murmured while patting my head. Fucked this one chick during last year's something coming, but the skank got impatient halfway through. Wanna fuck? I sputtered off his cock and tried to find words, only for his strong pause to make me utter out a needful yes. Yes, I wanted to fuck. He could see it in my worshipping smile. Okay, he chuckled while sitting up, approaching me as I laid back. But I'm gonna need you to promise me you don't got anything. I'm a virgin, doofus, I chastised him, panting hotly at what we were about to do. My legs spread slightly on instinct, somehow. I take it you used a condom when you... You screwed that girl? He must have noticed the hurt in my voice because Sid suddenly kissed me, deep and passionate, rough as a manly grope and tasting of velvet wet dreams. I did use one, he mumbled while fishing out a condom from his pants back pocket. Turned out he suspected doing it tonight. Nearby, then pecking my lips and grinning. I fucked her to get her nagging bitch ass off my back. No, no, I'm not fucking you because I want to. I I fucking love you, bro. I love you, so tell me if it's too much. 
My disbelieving gaze turned into confusion as he effortlessly placed the condom on and spat on his length, slickening it repeatedly. He stared down at me. A steely gaze enchanted me, while also making my body stiffen in slight intimidation. No fucking around about this, got it? He told me. I won't hurt you. Feel any pain at all, and I'll stop if it's too much, Axel. Okay? A simple nod satisfied him as I added, Of course, Sid. I promise. There we were, two punk teens, about to make love while trespassing at the same time. I'll never forget the warmth of his furred muscles wrapped around my shoulders, levitating me from the ground as I straddled his bare hips. A few adjustments, and the hyena lined it up to my entrance. He dared not to look away. Not as I winced and fought back tears from the flaring pain suddenly jolting up my tail, only for my ass to accommodate around the slick prophylactic covering the manhood. Then, his thick shaft stopped when it gently brushed against something, causing a gas to escape the bottom of my sweating throat. It was followed by a deep, reverberating moan which surprised even me. The room went spinning, but Sid's voice pulled me back to earth. So fucking gay, dude, he tisked coyly. Ain't even fucking you that hard, and you're gonna jizz like a faggot. Mmm, sh shut up, I fought back another moan, blushing up at him. A smirk etched itself on my muzzle, especially when my tail wagged and tickled his balls hanging above my taint. N now fuck me. Sid's surprised expression from using foul language turned into a mirroring grin. Seconds later, and I discovered what gay furs in the present day would call subspace. I felt like I had traveled to another plane of pleasurable reality. Riding his hyena cock and feeling him kiss my neck, grunt in tune with his desperate thrusts, nibble on my jugular, and make my bushy tail twitch until dust kicked off the ground. His rumbling moan, hidden by outside ambience. Distant shouts and screeching sirens from miles away, muffled by the layers of wall plaster and rusting steel. Howling winds. A warm paw on my abdomen. Manly fingers caressing around my bare cock freezing in the cool air underneath a rusting roof. His grin as he panted down at me, making my chest warm and my bushy tail twitch. Of all the days of the year throughout my young life and reverie, I never expected to lose my virginity on Devil's Night. No homo, he spoke with humor behind his panting. You're mm, fucking me. Ah, a boy like you, dude. Oh, mm, God. That last word became an octave higher when that wondrous hyena tip touched my prostate again. A giggle mixed with growls. This is gay. Ah, uh, and you, you know it. Mmm. What just bros being bros just... He paused the thrust to raise his head to look at me. Our noses nearly touched as we panted together, caressing my cheek with his free paw as his other held my tush with each growing upward flex. 
God, Alex is so t tight. Minutes later, the end came without warning. I only remembered a momentum rising from my scrotum, then hanging my head back as cum erupted in hot jets all over my hyena's nape and chin. Seconds later, Sid snarled onto my shoulder and growled out an orgasm strong enough to make his teeth nearly draw blood. Then I blacked out for a solid minute. He shook me awake moments later. I glanced up to his beautiful, satisfied smile and copied it to a T. We kissed again, and I knew it wasn't a dream. Sid and I were thankful the plant's last manager left paper towels in the lone cabinet embedded into the wall. My hyena tossed the used condom into a barrel by the staircase. We cleaned out the cum as much as either of us could, exchanged some snide remarks, a surprise kiss, and felt on top of the world as we dressed back up. Yeah, we felt on top of the entire world. Until a crashing noise echoed downstairs followed by insane laughter and even more crashing noises. Somebody else joined the party. So, Sid and I exchanged a mutual, wordless glance. It was time to go. We sneaked down the open stairway out of the manager's office. Flashlight beams and lit cigarettes could be seen moving on the farther end of the cleared factory floor. However, thanks to their lack of proper eyesight, I assume so, considering they brought said flashlights instead of relying on night vision. The group of vandals did not notice us sneak through the darkness and out of the plant. Thank God for the cloudy skies further covering our tracks, in case one of their friends opted to look out for any cops. Speaking of the authorities, it sounded as if every firefighter and cop in the city was out and about. Could you blame them? The yellow auras over the skylines looked like a scene out of The Raven, and similar to the movie's opening, reverie burned. The smell of ancient wood ablaze permeated the air. The banshee screams of police patrols and fire trucks shrilled across treetops and houses, almost drowning out our thoughts. Granted, me and Sid were already 18, and the citywide curfew only extended to furs who were underage. Neither of us wanted to interact with the law. Thus, we booked it for his place. I offered to then make it on my own to my house. No fucking way, Axel. You saw how insane it is out there, he told me as we jogged from sidewalk to sidewalk, hiding behind a bush or trash bin if we saw red and blue lights coming our way along the road. My watch says it's a quarter to two, by the way. A chill ran down my spine. Shit! Assuming I did get back to the house before three, while avoiding the dozens of police officers going about, we weren't supposed to be out this late. But, but, my folks will freaking kill me if I don't. They'll have an even bigger fit if you get caught by cops, or worse, he pointed out in a serious tone. As your fag boyfriend, I'm not letting you risk it, Axel. My mind went blank as he dragged me behind him by the paw. Did Sid Seraphine, the hyena who popped my cherry, refer to me as his boyfriend? We went in through the front door, locking it behind us and passing by Mr. Seraphine sleeping in front of the TV 
empty beer bottles surrounding his favorite recliner as reruns of late night sitcoms droned on screen. Do you think he'll notice in the morning? I asked my hyena in a low voice. Don't get your panties twisted, Axel, Sid whispered to me, mock waving in front of his nose. Dad works so many hours at the city dump, it'd be a fucking miracle if he caught your spunk scent. Still, better safe than sorry. Sid and I saved time by sharing a shower together, shampooing and scrubbing the other's fur while resisting the urge to go for a second round. As much as the urge to suck his cock started to grow, we needed to quickly go to bed. Even he agreed so, surprisingly. In the end, though, as we quickly dried off and slipped under his bed covers in our boxers, I felt the hyena's strong arms pull me close to his chest. I relished in the scent of his hot breath, tickling my neck, his solid fingers comforting my shivering chest, and his cold nose leading to him, licking my right shoulder, while he spooned me as we drifted off to sleep. We were in our own little world. No homo? Sid nipped the back of my neck. Shut up and go to sleep, he murmured. I giggled. I love you, Sid. A warm lick to my neck, and he held me closer. I love you too, Alex. Bad news? I still needed to call my folks next morning. They were so going to ground me the moment I returned home from school. What caring parents like them wouldn't? Good news? So long as I played the cards right, didn't mention the Ford plant, and told them I defied their words to tell Sid how much I loved him, my parents could soften up at the prospect of me having my first official boyfriend. This was the second and final part of Dancing on Devil's Night by Domus Voses, read for you by Dirt Coyote from Twitter.com. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Ghost of Dog. <laughs>